Ladies and gentlemen, we are live for MMA Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this could happen to me. Plucked from obscurity or whatever I was working to be. But the here we are, suckers. Another so episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. I am your host, as always, Jeremy Brand. We have a wicked show for you this week. I will be joined by Joe Lozon. You might have saw my piece. I put something out on uh, yesterday regarding his CM Punk comments. Uh, that full interview will air later in the show. Justin Pierrot will have his unpopular opinions, and it'll be a little special one. He'll be joined by a guest. I'm not going to say who it is. I'll let him figure that out. And kicking off the show right off the hop, the man behind Lopez Radio and the 10-minute first round, Mr. Jeremy Lopez, joining me to kick off the show. Welcome, Jeremy. Oh, thank you very much, man. Good to be here. Wicked name you have, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I like to share the name Jeremy with really cool people, so I feel we're together. <laughs> For sure. Now, before we talk MMA, which of course we're going to do because this is an MMA podcast, you have a few podcasts yourself, as I said right there in that intro. Let our listeners know about those. Uh, I mean, maybe our listeners don't know anything about you. Just sort of give your background and how you got into this whole mixed martial arts and podcasting game. Well, I, I did radio for the longest time, and then uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to jump out of this for a while because um, it was kind of hectic. And uh, just maybe about a little over a year ago, I started this uh, you know, iteration of Lopez Radio, which is my main show, um, where I talk about anything. And really, I'll have just about anyone on, and, and all subjects are kind of on the table. And kind of, uh, I guess, after doing that for about a year, I had really just wanted to... I wanted to talk more MMA, and um, I decided to start a second show called uh, the 10-Minute First Round as a kind of an ode to the Pride 10-Minute First Round. Um, and, you know, to me, it was just kind of like it's easy to talk 10 minutes of MMA because I'm just a fan, and I will say that up front. I am just a fan, but I really, really dig the sport, and, uh, and I get excited when I get people to talk to you. So I've had a lot of your uh, MMA sucka alum on the shows, and uh, they're, they're a lot of fun guys, and um, just getting to talk that stuff with people is a lot of fun and, and just on the other show Lopez Radio getting to talk that you know just about anything and opening that up has been really really cool and it gets me to flex uh, my interview skills it gets me to flex just my conversational skills and it's just a lot of fun man yeah I, I, I got hooked into Lopez Radio at first I, I had listened to that prior to checking out the 10 minute first round um, I, I saw I listened to the episode with James Lynch and then I went back and I started listening to the other ones. I mean, obviously, Foxy, our good buddy Justin Fox from Australia. That show was awesome. That boy can talk. Uh, he's 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 really cool. So I love how it's just sort of conversational based. Yeah, I mean, it, that's and that's what I want. I want it to be like a general conversation that you would have in a bar with friends or just that can go anywhere. So, I mean, I have whole episodes that deal with pro wrestling or whole episodes when the World Cup was going on just talking about you know, soccer or football, you know, for, for my UK friends, um, you know, just, it can be about anything. And, and I've told you once you're, when, when you're ever available to come on there, we'd probably just talk about nerdy podcast equipment <laughs> and stuff. And I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Justin Fox was, was, was huge to have on, you know, my first Australian 
guest and uh, he was a lot of fun. And I'll tell you a secret about that episode. If you get to go back and listen to it, I was so tired before we started and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drink almost a whole pot of coffee. And in the middle of that episode, I tweaked on coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And like you said, you know, live radio is great and doing things live, but I'm so glad I recorded that because I was able to edit out the part where my mind went blank for like two minutes. And Justin was just like, I don't know what to do, man. (laughs) <laughs> no kidding we've had we had that happen one of my uh one of my old writers jp lasoletta and yep i'm putting him on blast because up here in vancouver he did a video interview with tito ortiz and it was li- it wasn't live obviously it was recorded but it was on video and all of us at sucka had a blast with it carlin bardsley still talks about this because he was interviewing Tito Ortiz, and he was just at a loss for words. He was looking at him. Uh, his lips were, were mumbling. like he, he couldn't remember the question he wanted to ask. It was just hilarious. So when you have a chance, maybe, I don't know if you know J.P. Lasoletta. He's on Twitter. Maybe sort of razz him about Tito Ortiz or, or mention that to Carlin Bardsley. <laughs> I got to get that full story. That'd be a great story. Yeah, it was pretty funny. All right, let's talk some MMA First things first, John Jones, you know, the guy busted for cocaine, metabolites, uh, drug test, that crap happened, checked into rehab. Obviously, this happened because the UFC caught him. He checked into rehab. But what is the deal with him leaving rehab after one day? Oh, man, it's when I heard about this, like. Honestly, I didn't give John Jones a hard time like like some people. Some people came out of the gate like swinging at the guy, and you know some people you know were kind of just like, well, he's just a junkie. I, you know, I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt. I was like, this is a guy who received popularity at a very young age, and that's a lot to deal with, and not all of us ha- know what that's like. So I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt, um, but I knew that the whole rehab thing was kind of a you know publicity charade. Um, but to the people that he was attempting to hoodwink, it's just like a slap in the face. It's just kind of like you couldn't even just stick out a week, you know, you couldn't do more than a day. And, and I made the joke and it was just in jest, but you know, I was like, okay, well the guy's the champion of the light heavyweight division of the UFC. And apparently he can beat addiction in about a day. That's, <laughs> uh, that makes him a champion, I guess, of, of rehab. But, uh, you know, I said this as well. I was like, you know what, there's, there's your casual users and then there's your, you know, there's your addicts. I think the guy just likes to party now and then, and, and you know, he just kind of got busted. He just did it at the wrong time. From the sounds of it, though, I've, I've heard rumors and swirlings about how rehab works. I, I personally don't know, but uh, I've heard that it's not as easy to check in and out as one might think. Uh, it's, I'm sure it's easier when you have millions of dollars. <laughs> or he didn't do it at all. That's true. That's That's very true. It could have just been a whole front and... That wouldn't surprise me either. That's why I kind of try, I don't know, I, I take everything with a grain of salt that I hear about people who, who are millionaires because they can tell you anything, but are you actually seeing them walk into the facility? You know, are you actually seeing them going through the, the treatment process? No. So, I mean, it's, it's something that they could have turned into, uh, you know, a, a good, um, I guess, comeback story or, you know, kind of a rise from the ashes type of thing and kind of bumbled the ball by having his mom say, yeah, he was in and out in a day. Yeah. They could have just kept everyone quiet and it would have been fine, you know? Something that they should have kept quiet was this trilogy fight between Johnny Hendricks and Robbie Lawler. Um, that was announced that it was going to happen. I'm not sure whether the contracts were signed or not. But what do you think about Johnny not getting this trilogy fight 
or yeah, Johnny not getting the trilogy fight, Robbie Lawler not fighting at all from the sounds of it yet, and Johnny Hendricks fighting Matt Brown now in the main event. I mean, I don't know what to think. I feel like there's a piece of the puzzle missing as to why this isn't taking place. Um, I, I expected when, when I heard it change, I was like, okay, well, you know, Lawler must have got injured. And then you hear nothing about an injury of any type um, or anything like that. I, the only thing I can think is maybe the UFC kind of bent to that pressure of people being like, why are you doing a trilogy fight? Because everybody was expecting Rory and Lawler. And I know that Rory lost to Lawler just last year. Um, or was it the year before? I don't remember. It was early. Um, it was, I believe, yeah, it was, it was 2013, I believe. Yeah, early or late 2013, whenever it was. I know that happened, but Rory, you know, everybody, every fighter has their off fight, and I think that was just an off fight for him. I think, it, you know, him and Lawler would have been a great fight. I, I don't know. The, the trilogy thing, to me, at first I was kind of bummed. I was like, man, they shouldn't be doing a trilogy. So I'm kind of excited now, although it leaves the question in the air. The winner of which of these two fights, because Rory's fighting Hector Lombard, who is going to fight Lawler if they win? Like, do you just have, you know, the winner of these two fights fight each other to fight Lawler? Or how does it work? Because now everything's just kind of weird. I just feel like something's missing out of the whole deal. Exactly. At that point, Lawler is out quite some time as well. Um, I have a feeling that they're going to come in and, and this whole Rory McDonald, Hector Lombard fight isn't actually happening. As of Monday... Um, Rory was on the MMA hour, as was Johnny Hendricks, and, and he was still talking about the trilogy fight, which is interesting. But Rory McDonald said the contracts had not been signed yet. The verbal agreements were there, but the contracts were not signed. So we could end up seeing um, Rory McDonald, Robbie Lawler. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It could it could happen because, you know, the UFC is going to do what's in the best interest of pay-per-view sales and what's going to you know, I hate using the term move the needle, so to speak. I mean, we've seen that with, you know, what's going on with Conor McGregor, who's who's moving up really quick. And, you know, it's to the point where the, the rankings don't matter that much anymore. It's just really who's got the hype behind them. And, uh, you know, the rankings are just going to serve as apparently, you know, how, how the guys get paid now. And, and it is official that the UFC is heading to Montreal. Do you think uh, any chance of George St. Pierre? Man, I think as bad as people want want him back, and I think he wants to be back. I I, I I don't know. I don't think he wants to step on Rory's toes. I think he maybe he's sitting back and waiting to see what happens with Rory. But you know, this is interesting because I haven't thought about the fact that they moved all this around and they haven't really said much. It could be a setup for a GSP comeback, but I don't know. You've, you've seen where GSP has said several times, I don't want to step on Rory McDonald's toes, and you know, I'm not going to fight him. They're not going to fight each other, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that's an interesting thing that I hadn't thought about. It could be setting up something for GSP. Yeah, you never know. Uh, as I said in the intro, I spoke to Joe Lozon. I will be talking to him later in the show on a pre-recorded interview. Um, he had some nice things to be- say about the CM Punk signing. You know, there's positives and negatives about this um it was just announced today that the ufc will be heading to chicago in july do you think that this means that is when cm punk will be fighting i think that would be the ideal thing i mean they need as much hype as is around this guy or at least buzz i should i shouldn't say hype but as much buzz is around this guy it would benefit them to be in his hometown and uh you know i really like the piece on mma you 
talking about the fact that he would love to be on that card and who wouldn't love to be on that card. I think even Donald Cerrone has said, I would love to be on that card. I think Donald Cerrone is just looking to be on every card for this year. Um, but next to it, and I would want to be on that card. If I was a fighter, you want all eyes on you. No kidding. All eyes on one guy is Conor McGregor. Uh, this guy is everywhere. He's fighting this Sunday night. He is uh, the name's name behind the UFC right now. Dana White putting everything behind this guy. It seems like they're almost putting too much stock into Conor McGregor. Would you agree? Man, I, I have a tough time with um, I have a tough time with the fact that they're just kind of like looking through Dennis Seaver like he's not a fighter that's been around for you know in the UFC for what six seven years. Um, they're 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 kind of looking through the guy, which I mean I get that Conor McGregor's probably going to take it to him, but you just you never know. Everybody's kind of got their their has their time, and and there's some people who just have that unfortunate, you know, Cain Velasquez moment where they get caught with something and then it's over. So I, I don't think, you, you know, he's saying I'm not looking past him, I'm looking through him. And, I, and while I uh, appreciate those words and, and his charisma on the mic, I think that too many people are just kind of counting Seaver out on this. And, and yeah, I do think the UFC is very high on him, which, which they should be. I mean, it's, the guy's very charismatic and, and he stands to do really well in the UFC if he can continue to back up what he's doing. But the truth of the matter is he hasn't really gotten up into the really top tiers of the division. And that'll be what I want to see. I'd like to see him go through a couple of guys before he gets that title shot. But I know they want to do what, what makes the money. And, and like I said before, the rankings don't seem to really matter as far as fights go. Yeah, for sure. Do you think they're, they are protecting him a little bit? I think so. I mean, they're giving him kind of, they're giving them this fight. They're like, hey, it's his first, you know, jaunt into the top 10 but uh yeah i think they're i think they're giving him a little bit of protection you know they're giving him that let's give you this guy take care of him in, in good fashion like you did you know with the other guys i mean he went through dustin poirier pretty pretty quickly and that was pretty impressive but you know i feel like i need to see more time and and you know the guy's not undefeated so we know we know that he is beatable um but yeah, I, I do think they're protecting him in a way. But they, they really want this guy to be the next big thing. And he could do it. He's just got to continue backing up what he's saying. I think we need to see him against some wrestlers, personally. Uh-huh. I would have <laughs> loved Frankie Edgar. I would have loved to see him against Frankie Edgar just to see what that would be like. Because Frankie is a beast. Yeah, I, I, it's a tough one to call because... McGregor has such his stand-up is so elusive. I mean, we hear Joe Rogan say that all the time. The word elusive. Uh, he's so crisp. He's flashy. He does stuff that no one else does. But Frankie Edgar can put anyone on their back. Yeah, I mean, I was you know I had Cub Swanson picked in that last fight. I was like, you know, Cubs just on fire. You know, Frankie is is Frankie. He's awesome. I didn't expect what we got out of that fight. So, you know, Frank, if there's anything I know about Frankie Edgar is he is going to make the fight completely different than you would think it's going to be. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it would be interesting to say the least um, to see him get inside and, and really work his game because he'll, he'll stand up with a guy too if he can't get him to the ground. So, you know, it'd be cool to see. All right, let's talk one last fight before I let you go here. Anderson Silva making his return against Nick Diaz who's also returning after a long layoff, uh, semi-retirement, you might say. Do you give Diaz any chance in this fight? I mean, he, he obviously has that distance. He can punch you at will, but we saw what happened to uh, his brother against Rafael dos Anjos. 
with those front leg kicks and or the lead leg kicks, uh, sort of keeping him off balance. It, Stop the pitter-patter jab that he has. Do you think Diaz has anything for Anderson Silva? Um, I'm hoping that he'll at least make it interesting. I don't really see him taking, like, you know, just completely dominating Anderson Silva. Um, it'll be cool to see Silva back in the cage and in, you know, seeing him, you know, is he, is he going to be hesitant to throw those leg kicks that he whips at people, that he used to whip at people, you know, before he broke his leg? Um and, and at the same time, I don't want to see Nate Diaz phone, uh, or I'm sorry, yeah, Nate Diaz phone it in because, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where his last fight, he, he kept bitching about how, yeah, I didn't have a good camp. I just didn't prepare my boxing, you know, I just had no one to train with. It's like, don't cop out. You know, this is a big fight for you. It's a potentially big fight for, for both guys involved. I don't necessarily agree that they should just throw him, throw Silva back to Weidman right after this fight if he wins i think they should just let him work his way back up and just not put all the pressure right back on him maybe let him fight his way through a couple of guys that are in the top five and be like okay yeah he's still got it let's let's throw him together and have a real fight for once but uh i don't know i'm excited about it because i just i just want to see silva and see if he's changed it all because he doesn't seem like when you see interviews or read interviews with him he doesn't seem like a guy who's like i can't wait to get my belt back he's just like i'm just looking forward to getting back in and doing my thing you know do you think he almost just wants the super fights at this time? Almost seems that way. It kind of seems like it. It's, you know, I, I think he's just kind of, you know, he's coasting it out. They, they've, how many fights did they sign him up for in this contract? Too many. <laughs> they pretty much just sealed him into being a UFC personality until, you know, until he's de- dead and gone, basically. And, you know, they've learned their lesson. They've got all these guys who headed over to other organizations, and I think that's what they sealed him in with. But yeah, I, I think he just likes being out there and, and, and fighting. I don't think he's interested in the championship, to be honest, and I don't think they should give him that title shot immediately. There's other guys for Chris, Chris Weidman to fight and, and kind of defend his title against and just kind of let Anderson, you know, be Anderson, you know, have those super fights. I think that'd be great to see. I think it'd be great to eventually see him, like, maybe against, I don't know if it'll happen, but a GSP or a John Jones. He'll never fight John Jones, but, uh, you know, just to see him go up against guys who'd be like, this is cool, this guy can fluctuate. He can go from, you know, he, he can go from one weight division to the other. He's done it before, you know, floating between 205 and stuff like that. So, yeah, let him do his, do that. I don't think he should be forced into kind of a championship fight right away. I love how you're pushing Chris Weidman past Vitor Belfort. Um, I'm not necessarily pushing him <laughs> past him. I just, I just think, you know, quit showing us the same fights over and over again. Like, I mean, I know, I know people want to see a true People call it the true fight between Chris Weidman and Anderson Silva. Where, you know, A, where he's not messing around and getting himself knocked out, and B, where he's not breaking his leg like a graham cracker, throwing kick, leg kicks. But you know, give it some time to breathe. I don't think the guy. I don't think the guy's interested in it. I don't think he's got his heart in, into being the champion again. I think he just wants to get out there and just fight. I think that's what he misses. I do think a Anderson Silva Vitor Belfort fight would be interesting, though. Yeah, to see what that would be like after, you know, obviously he's he's KO'd, KO'd him with that famous yeah. front kick. Or the front, yeah, the front kick. Um, but uh, it would be cool to see that. I think I think I'm more interested in seeing that than I am another Weidman fight, in all honesty. Um, and, and, I mean, I'm sure you saw, everybody saw, the spar, the quote-unquote sparring partner he knocked out this week. Um, I don't know if that's hype. I don't know if that's, you know, because I've heard so many things surrounding it, but... Uh, 
it did make me, you know, kind of be like, oh, I'm, I'm glad to see he's going to be back in just a couple of short weeks. We're going to get to see him fight again. There you have it. Jeremy Lopez joining me to kick off the show here. It's been a blast, man. Almost 20 minutes long with you to kick off the show. Uh, just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe, where they can find your podcasts and whatnot. Oh man, you can uh, you can follow me um, at Lopez Radio on Twitter, um, and you can find Lopez Radio at lopezradio.com. You can subscribe just about all the normal places, iTunes, Stitcher, all that good stuff. And uh, my other uh, podcasts once a week, uh, ten minute first round at t e n m f r on Twitter and ten m f r dot com. Uh, you can follow it all there. Perfect. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, it's been a blast. And right now, we're gonna get right into my interview with Joe Lozon. My next guest is the king of bonuses inside the octagon. He has fought for the UFC 17 times. will make his next case inside the cage at UFC 183 against Ally Aquinta. Please welcome one of our favorite guests, Joe Lozon, back to Sucker Radio. Joe, thanks for joining me today, man. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Now, I saw on your Facebook that over the weekend it was your son Joey's first birthday. Did you guys have a big party for the little guy, and how's he doing? Uh, he's doing great now. Yeah, we uh, we did a party. Uh, we tried to keep it a mostly family. We had a couple friends, but tried to keep it as small as possible. It still seemed like there were a ton of people, but uh, you know, we had a really good time. Yeah, I saw that he had an MRI. Everything seems to be doing well, eh? Yeah, he, he's doing great. So uh, people don't know, Joey, uh, he was born in Kansas. So uh, he, he was born on uh, neuroblastoma. So he was like four or five days old. We found out he had cancer. He tried chemo treatment right away. Uh, you know, and you know, a few months after that, you know, he was... You know, um, I don't think they call it cancer-free, but uh, the the spotted neuroblastoma was gone. And, uh, you know, he just continued on like a rock star. He's doing awesome. Great. He's great now. So last year must have taken taken quite a toll on you. You only fought once, so there was only one training camp. How did that affect the income? And, and I mean, with all the medical bills and all that, it, it must have taken a bit of a toll on you. Yeah, it, it really definitely. I, I think the biggest thing was just like mentally and emotionally taxing. You know, it was really, really tough dealing with all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, but we we got through it all. You know, got some really, really tough, really crappy, crappy times. But, uh, you know, I, I think we, we came out stronger because of it. Uh, it was definitely tough, you know, only fighting one time a year. But I've been really fortunate with, with bonuses, and I'm, pre- I'm pretty good about my money and things like that. So it wasn't, it wasn't like I was, you know, I had to fight to, you know, pay the mortgage or anything like that. Like, I was, I was doing okay. Uh, you know, but I'm looking to, for this year to be a little more active. Yeah, it must have brought you through mentally stronger as a fighter as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would have, like, crappy days in camp, and I'd be, like, kind of, like, you know, down about, like, oh, this is sore, that's bothering me, or that wasn't the best training session, or whatever, and just kind of down about, like, little, little minor things like that, and you deal with such, like, a big issue, you know, and, uh, you know, it just it really puts everything in perspective, and, you know, those, those bad days at the gym are fine. They, they, don't, really, they don't really amount to much. I get to go home and, you know, Joey's there and he's happy and healthy and smiling and it just makes everything a lot better. Exactly. Now, before we get to your fight, has gaming, I mean, you're a big gamer, has gaming time gotten lower since having Joey? I know that having kids takes up a lot of time. Myself, personally, I, I've i cut down on the gaming since having children. Um. Yeah, it, it definitely changes. So I've always been really good. Like, I play a lot of games, but... I've always been good about it, like, during camp. Like, I, I'll never, ever let, you know, video games get in the way of camp or sleep or rest or anything like that. Um, you know, so, but now it's just, it's, you know, trying to, you know, when Joey takes a nap, hop on the Xbox. Like, when he goes to bed, hop on the Xbox. 
Uh, there's a lot of times like, you know, I can't do other things. Like, I can't go out, I can't do this, I can't do that because I'm home with Joey. So I kind of just make it up. You know, there's, I'm not as flexible about when I can play, but I've still been able to get you know, a good amount of time. And I've been playing a lot of uh, Destiny, which is a complete life suck. It's completely <laughs> drawn me in, but, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've still been getting my time in a little bit here and there. Yeah, for sure. Now, I, move, moving to fights, I'm, I'm sure you've been asked this a number of times, especially after the fight, but following your fight with Michael Chiesa, he had uh, some negative things in, in to say about the stoppage. Did did any of that get to you, and do you feel that the fight was stopped too soon, or do you feel that it was a just stoppage? Um, yeah, 100% it was a just fight stoppage. Um, you know, like I always try to, you know, when I lose, I try to always say this stuff one of my opponents. You know, regardless of, you know, what happened or what's going on, I try to always be pretty positive about it because there's no sense in throwing fuel on the fire and everything like that. Um, you know, so I, I, you know, I, I had a bunch of good things to say about him right after the fight, and, you know, and then you know, I understand to be a little bit bitter, a little bit upset about losing the fight. Um, you know, and, and I'm fine with that. Like, you know, like a day or two, it's okay. But it's like, it's like a week, week and a half later, he's still running his mouth about stuff and making excuses. And like, and that is just, you know, just, you know, really crappy on his part. I, I, I felt like, you know, there's, there's plenty of reason to stop the fight. He had a huge cut on his eye. Um, you know, like there's, there's really no, you know, I, I understand, you know, like I said, when you, when you first don't have all the facts, you don't get to get back and watch it, see it. And, and, you know, you're emotional or like that. I, I get it. You know, you make comments that you know, maybe you don't mean or say things that don't make sense and don't cast you in a very good light. But it, it's it's forgiven a little bit. When you're, like, still ranting about it, you know, like a week, week and a half later, it's like you got to give it a rest. So the, the initial comments didn't really bother me. It was fine. It, it was okay. But then he just kept going on and going on and going on. It's like, dude, you, you got to let it go. Uh, so it, it did become, you know, a, a little bit annoying, um, you know, because like, I would never... Like, I, I'm sure, I've, you know, there's been fights when I was upset about how the fight ended. Maybe I said something dumb or whatever, but, like, at the end of the day, you got to give your opponent credit. You know, like, he, I, you know, I, I, I need him in the face, something that's a perfectly legal technique, uh, a perfectly legal way to, to finish the fight, you know, is, uh, you know, open up a cut and have the doctor stop it. I mean, that's what it is. We're fighting. You try to have the doctor stop it. You try to, you know, make it so they can't continue to fight. And I did that perfectly. And for him to still be crying about it after the fact, he's like, come on, man, you got to let it go. Exactly. And there was nothing you yourself could do about that. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the one thing that he said that kind of annoyed me is, you know, like, so I, during the fight, you know, I, I hit him with a knee. I saw a huge cut and I kind of, you know, I, I kind of backed away a little bit. And then the second they stopped, they, they checked the cut, you know, I walked away and I had my hands up. I knew, I knew without any certainty at all that they were going to stop the fight. Uh, any uncertainty that they were a hundred percent, they were going to stop the fight. And, you know, so, you know, it, it's clear as day when you watch the, the tape of that, you know, and, and, and I, I said in an interview that, you know, like, I, when I saw the cut, I knew they were going to stop. And then he's just, he's running his mouth, like, oh, you know, he's, he's lying. He didn't know that. You know, he didn't know they were going to stop it. It's like, come on, man. It's like, you know, give me, give me a little credit. You know, I've been in there a lot of times. I've been in there with some really good guys. I, I, I understand and I know and I recognize a fight ending injury, a fight ending cut. And, and it, you know, like for him to call me a liar, so like that that part kind of bugged me a little bit. All right, Al Iaquinta in Vegas at UFC 183. This will be your first fight back in Vegas since your Jim Miller fight in 2012. What's it like fighting in the home of the UFC? Uh, you know, Vegas is always a good time. Um, you know, I like Vegas because uh, it's kind of it's away from everything. It's kind of isolated a little bit. It's you know, you go to the hotel, everything happens at the hotel. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to rent a car. You don't have to travel anywhere. Uh, it's really nice because the UFC offices are there. Um, you know, in the hotel, like the, the UFC sets up an office in the hotel. 
Uh, so anything we have to do to check in, whether it's checking weight or checking with the UFC or anything last minute stuff, it's all done. It's all it's all right there. We do weigh-ins right there. We the fight is right there. The sun is right there. Everything is right there, which is really really nice. A lot of times when you fight in all these other places, it's a little bit tougher sometimes because you know maybe the weigh-ins aren't really that close. So it's like okay, you got to meet really early, then you have to take like a thirty-minute, forty-minute bus ride somewhere, and go to the arena, do the weigh-ins, take another thirty-minute bus ride back to the hotel. It's kind of a, it's a little bit of a pain, uh, but Vegas is, is nice. Everything is very seamless. Uh, it goes very, very smooth. The commission's great to work with just because they do so many, so many fights and so many shows. Uh, so it's nice, you know. Um, it's kind of, it, it's one of the, you kind of get a little bit of deja vu every time you get off the, the plane. You know, the second you step in the airport, there's slot machines there, and it, 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 it's it's kind of cool, you know. I'm I'm not like a I'm not a big partier. I'm not a big gambler. Like, I'll, I'll go and I'll gamble a little bit, just like kind of messing around, just kind of hanging out with my buddies. But, uh, but I'm not like I'm not one of these guys that gets into that Vegas trap. Like, oh, you know, they're hitting the craps table and they're losing all their money and and drinking and you know just spending all their money. Like, I'm, you know, I, I I like Vegas just because it's kind of isolated. Yeah. So you don't take much in when you're there. You you're basically a hotel body. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, it's it's it, it, it's fight week. You know, it's not a it's not a pleasurable vacation. We're out there to win. We're out there to, you know, be ready to be as sharp as possible. So, like, I'll, I'll go and I'll, you know, hit mitts every day. I'll grapple every day. Uh, you know, we, we might go, like, see a movie or something, but it's everything's, like, very, very low-key and just kind of relaxing, uh, you know, because at the end of the week, we're getting in a fight. So we want to make sure we do everything we can to, you know, ensure that that, you know, goes as favorable for us as possible. Iaquinta himself, he's a fairly well-rounded guy. What What stands out to you the most about his ability? Uh, you know, El is really one of those guys I really enjoy watching. Uh, you know, I think he's very exciting. Uh, he's kind of got, um, kind of reminds you of like, like, a like a New York boxer, like almost like a Mike Tyson, like just a lot of head movement, uh, mixes and kicks and punches and knees and elbows really, really well. It's diverse striking. Uh, he's got good wrestling. He's got pretty good jujitsu. Uh, he likes that, uh, that flying hill that I like a lot. Like he's hit it a couple of times in fights, uh, just as for takedowns. So, uh, you know, so he's definitely a guy that I, I definitely enjoy watching. Uh, he was on Ultra Fighter with Joe Proctor, and they trained together. So, um, you know, so I, obviously I watched Proctor season really closely because um, I didn't know who he was going to be fighting or what was going to be going on or whatever. So I watched very, very close, and you know, and, and Al was one of those guys I liked right off the bat. Uh, you know, and then I come to find out that you know Proctor and him trained every single day together, and you know Al was a really good guy. And you know, every time I see him, I always go up and give him a hug and you know ask him how he's doing. You know, but but it won't matter. You know, on 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 January thirty first, we're going to beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I was one of those guys that's really exciting. And I, I know every time he has a fight, it's going to be an exciting fight. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited that, you know, he has to be part of one. As are we most, now most of the guys that you've fought, um, in the past are ranked in the 155 pound division at this point. Where does a win put you in terms of the rankings against a guy like Al? You will be riding a three fight winning streak. Do you feel with a victory here, you deserve a top 10 opponent next? Um, honestly, I, I think the, they're saying that, like the UFC sponsorship stuff is going to vary based on like ranking and stuff like that. But other than that, I really don't care. I mean, rankings are so tough to deal with. Sometimes you get a guy like Rory McDonald, who's, you know, been pining away trying to get a title shot. He's in, he's in, he's in prime position to get that title shot. It's not happening. It's, it's so tough. Uh, sometimes, you know, Anthony Pettis just fought, uh, you know, but you know, he went like 14 months or something without defending the title. And it's just, it's really, really tough. Everyone's trying to get to that title, but you know, sometimes the title shots aren't as readily available as people would like. It's not a case of you get to the number one title shot and then you're next. Yeah. You get to the number one spot and your next fight is a title shot. So 
uh, so for a long time, I haven't, I haven't cared about rankings whatsoever. It sounds I like that welter- I, yeah. I want to have good opponents. That's all I really care about. It sounds like that welterweight title picture sort of up and grabs right now. There's a uh, news came out today that that uh, well, we heard the other day that Rory McDonald was going to be fighting Hector Lombard. We all thought that Johnny Hendricks, Robbie Lawler, number three was going to happen, but from the sounds of it, Matt Brown is now fighting um, Johnny Hendricks. It, 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 all this stuff is so strange. Yeah, you know, so so maybe, so maybe we're gonna have Rory jump into that in that spot against Lawler. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't really know what's why. It, it always it's, so, it's always so crazy. Every division is always, you know, there's always things going on, like the injury bugs that, that pop up here and there. You know, guys are training harder. You know, it's not that we're a bunch of idiots and we don't know how to train. We know how to train, you know, but we're we're, we're sparring really hard. We're having, you know, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of moving pieces. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what I think what what makes the sport so exciting. You never know what to expect. Exactly. Speaking of the division, what are your thoughts on the lightweight division at the moment? It's always been extremely stacked, but it seems as though it's become even more well-rounded as of late. Uh, What do you think about the current state of the 155-pound division? I I think we have the most competitive division going. Uh, I I think, you know, anyone in the top 15, could fight and beat anyone else in the top 15 at any given night. It, it's crazy. You know, there's so many killers up in there. Um, you know, you know, you got guys like Cowboy that are fighting, you know, six times in a year and stuff like that. It's like, it's just, it, it's super exciting. You never know, you know, how that's going to all shift and change. And, you know, any one night can change everything. So it's, it, it's always, it's always exciting. I'm sure I'm a little biased being a lightweight, but <laughs> I definitely think we have the, the most exciting fights. And I think we definitely have the, the most stacked division. You you spoke about the sponsor state and how rankings could could play into effect in that. Having that, we've we heard about the sponsorship deal about a month back. Now we are in 2015 at the time. Is there any more movement on this? Have you heard any more news from what we heard at first? Um, not not too much. I I, I heard that we were going to be updated like shortly after, and then it, it didn't really happen. I, I I think that it's kind of a case of the deal kind of came together. And not everything was figured out 100% to a T to be presented to all the fighters and everyone. And, and just the, the way the media gets a hold of things and kind of spins it and twists it, you know, I'm sure the UFC wants to make sure they have everything figured out, every scenario, you know, uh, you know, realized before they come out with anything concrete. Um, you know, uh, you know, everyone is, you know, going, everyone's always like, oh, is this good, is this bad? And like, no, no one really knows exactly if it's good or bad until we have that concrete information. You know, I think that no one is really... No one, you know, I, no one knows what's going on. So for anyone to be you know, standing there so far, saying, "Oh, this is good or this is bad," they, they don't know yet. You know, uh, I think we have to, you know, sit back and wait and kind of see how it all shakes out. Fair enough. Now, looking through your record, you, you know, we know you've fought the who's who's in in the UFC, but you've never actually had a rematch. Is is there any loss on your record that you would like to avenge, or does that just not matter to you anymore? Um, anytime I lose a fight, I immediately want to rematch. Like, every single time. Like, that was, like, going back to Kiesa thing. Like, I understand it. I, I get it, you know, but you got to kind of let it go. Um, you know, there's, I, I would love to avenge every single fight that I've ever lost. Um, you know, probably the one that stings the most uh, was probably, like, the, the Kenny Fournier fight, just because we're both from Boston. Uh, you know, forever, I'll always be, you know, the second best player later on. So, that, well, that one stings a little bit. You know, that's one I would love to get back, but Kenny's not fighting and whatever, you know, but um, you know, but I just, I, I just try to let it go. You know, I try to not, you know, focus on all the, 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 the negative stuff that's happened. And I try to just, you know, you know, look forward to the next fight, you know, take it as a learning experience. Every fight I've lost, I've learned something from. So, uh, you know, just take it as a learning experience and just move on and, you know, get better. 
Are you still interested in the Diego Sanchez fight? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be okay with that. I mean, a lot of people got really excited for that fight. Like, I'd be okay with that fight. Um, it's just, you know, things have to make sense. You know, there's, you know, that, that was a fight that for a long time I thought would be a good fight. You know, but I'm, I'm, I'm generally not in the business of calling people out. Uh, I, I honestly, I, I more so wanted to jump in that fight because I kind of felt bad. You know, like, I understand how, how it is to, you know, kind of have, you know, opponents get changed and, and there'll be problems with fights and things like that, you know, so Diego was looking for an opponent. I thought it would make sense to hop in. And I ended up ended up not you know not working out for either one of us, but um, you know that that's a fight that I would I would I would like to do in the future at some point. But it has to make sense. That makes sense of what's going on with, with my with my you know win streak, blue streak, whatever's going on. Got to make sense of what's going on with Diego. Got to make sense on you know timing. There's, there's a lot of things that have to kind of fall into place that that. Yeah. Now I noticed uh, a post almost immediately after the UFC had signed CM Punk, questioning who he was in wrestling and what he has to offer. After you read the comments from your fans, what are your thoughts on the signing now? Uh, so I always thought it was going to be interesting. You know, um, you know, like I, I think I made a joke about how I got to ask my little cousin. My little cousin Marky is like the biggest CM Punk fan, like <laughs> ever. Like he's just ridiculous. So, uh, you know, I, I think overall it's very, very good for the sport. I think that, you know, there's, there's some people that are saying, oh, he's taking up a roster spot for someone else that's more, um, that has worked harder at it or more, you know, uh, marketable or deserves to be there. And, you know, th- that's a bunch of crap. There's a huge roster. There's 450 guys on the roster. Um, you know, like CM Punk is going to bring a lot of eyeballs to that fight, to that event. So, And that's good for everyone. That's good for the UFC. That's good for Fox. That's good for every single other fighter that's on that card. It's great for whoever he's fighting. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that maybe wouldn't care otherwise. They're going to become fans. Some of those guys are going to, they would never have turned in the UFC otherwise. And they're going to, they're going to become fans. And that's great for all of us. And I think that there's a lot of other guys that they don't have that kind of star power, don't have that ability to draw fans in and draw in eyeballs. And, you know, it, it's good for everyone. You know, if there's one, it, you know, he could be one and done. He could go out there and do terrible. And, you know, it, it won't matter. A lot of people are going to tune in that they wouldn't have otherwise. So that's great for the sport. If he goes out there and he does well, then that's great for the sport. You know what I mean? Because more people are going to be excited about that. It's going to, even more people are going to tune in next time. So uh, overall, I think it's very, very positive. I think it's, it's great overall. Um, you know, but there's, there's going to come a time where he's going to have to step in that cage and he's going to have to fight. You know, and, and he's going to be the one that cares about, you know, if he belongs there or not. Because he can go out there and he can do great and he could win. He go out there and get absolutely demolished and just, you know, embarrassed. And, and you know, everyone thinks, oh, you know, Everyone was right. He shouldn't have been in there. Well, he go in there and could have a great fight, and maybe he wins, maybe he loses, but he can prove that he belongs. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm I'm excited to see. You know, and honestly, I don't know how it's going to end up. I really don't. Um, I talked to uh, I talked to Cole Miller, and I asked him like, dude, is it, you know, because uh, he he was tweeting something about it. He's like, oh, he's legit, and he, you know, he said like he will beat guys in the UFC. Like he's never had a time to really kind of uh, you know train consistently. He will beat. You know, there's guys that are in the UFC. You know, and if he can become a champ, there's first fight. No, but there's, there's definitely going to be entry level guys that that he can beat. You know, and it's not what Cole thinks. So, I mean, and, and I have tons of respect for Cole. I value his opinion. He knows what's going on. Uh, so, I'm, I'm, it makes me want to watch it even more. It, it really, I'm really excited about it. You know, and and uh, you know, I like and CM Punk made a, a joke about how, or you know, made a reference to, about how Chael's kind of been ripping off his personality all along. You know, and, you know, and I think that's, that's awesome too, because tons of people want to watch Shale because he just, you know, he talks himself into a bunch of title fights, 
tons of people always want to watch Chael when he fights, and he's a great wrestler. But uh, the real brilliance in Chael is just you know how he gets on the mic and does interviews, and it's amazing. Every single time he's on, you want to watch. And I think it's going to be the same thing with CM Punk. I think you know anything he says is going to be exciting. It's going to get people wanting to watch, and it's going to get people wanting to you know check in. So, would you like to stake your claim to fight on that card? Yeah, I mean, I think any, anyone would be a fool to not want to fight on that card. You know, like when, when Brock Lesnar first came, he was a huge draw. You know, someone's like, oh, you know, and then Brock doesn't belong. And then, you know what, he goes out and wins the freaking title. You know, like, you know, do I think CM Punk is going to go out there and win the title? You know, probably not. He, he's not exactly sure what weight class he's going to be in, or he wasn't. You know, so I don't think he's got everything as figured out as, you know, he would like. But uh, I would love to be on that card. Two more questions here for you, Joe. Uh uh, I was just wondering how your brother's doing. I know you guys haven't seen eye to eye all the time. Uh, how's he doing? And is he still uh, in the fighting game? Uh, yeah, he hasn't fought in a while. Uh, we get along a hundred times better though. Uh, once we, you know, and we've gotten along for a long time now. It's been a few years now where we've really been getting along. Once I stopped trying to kind of be his coach a little bit, like so, Danny and I a lot of times don't see eye to eye on things, and I always think that there's a right way to do things. Danny always wants to do it the different way, just because. It's, my way is, is always like the opposite of what he wants to do. <laughs> so uh, for a long time, you know, we didn't, we didn't see eye to eye and we would just, we would argue and, you know, cause I would want what was best for him. And I would think I knew I had all the answers. Which I, I, I know I don't, but I would think, always think that my way was better and we would fight a lot. And then as soon as I stopped trying to kind of be his coach and try to tell him what I thought should happen, you know, he, he automatically started making better decisions, started thinking things through on his own, started training more. Everything was just a lot better. Um, so we've been good for a while now. Um, he hasn't fought and it's been a little over a year now. Uh, he actually just broke his foot. So he won't be fighting for a little bit, but he's, he's, you know, until then, you know, he was in the gym, he was training, he was doing great. Now, last time we had you on the show, it's kind of nice to have my little brother back. I bet. Yeah, for sure. Now, last time we had you on the show, you talked about your Nick, the tooth grappling experience. Uh, that was, that was quite a while ago. I can't believe that was the last time we had you on, but is this something that happens often backstage at UFC events? You know, Dana White offering cool little bonuses like that, or was that a one-off kind of thing? I think it was a one-off thing. I mean, I've never heard of anyone else doing anything like that. Uh, I think it was just kind of a one-off thing. Uh, you know, I, I would love to, you know, travel around with the UFC and just give up on this fighting stuff and just, you know, grapple Nick the tooth every show. Uh, <laughs> you know, if we can make that happen. But, um, you know, I, I think it was kind of a one-off thing. Uh, I was just, I think I was in the right place at the right time. For sure. Now, finally, I, I know you, you started a little podcast yourself. Why don't you just talk about that a bit, a little bit? Uh, so, yeah. So, I, I actually, we, we've been kind of slacking a little bit. I mean, I'm deep in training camp, so it's been tough. Because, uh, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm the editor and I'm, the, I'm like one of the co-hosts and everything else. So, uh, we do a uh, show. Uh, we, call it, we just came with the name The Lowdown Show. And, uh, basically, it's we do it after a fight. So, like, we'll, you know, we did it right after the John Jones fight. I have to put this one up, so I'm just slacking. So, uh like after John Jones' last fight, uh, you know, so we, we, me and Jack Incarnacio, and he, he works for, I don't want, uh, he, he, he does some stuff for ShareDog. He's got like a, a real job too. I don't want to really name drop because I don't want to make associations that I shouldn't, but uh, he works for a local newspaper and, uh, you know, great, great guy. Um, I've done tons of interviews with him in the past, um, all kinds of stuff. And, and he's a big MMA fan. You know, he's at local shows. He, he covers all the local events. You know, he he watches all the all the you know, the UFCs and all the all the other shows. So, um, really, really knowledgeable guy. And you know, we're talking about you know just like doing a podcast, just kind of like we, we, you know we have conversations sometimes and like 
it would be like a, like a good 30, 40 minute conversation. And sometimes it's about like a fight, but sometimes it'd be like something completely unrelated. Like, oh, did you see this fight? We just start talking about it. And we, we kind of thought like, oh, you know, we should do this kind of as a podcast. We should just, you know, like we, we did, we had a conversation where like, oh, we should have recorded this and we should have uploaded it. And like, you know, we're kind of thinking about like, we should really do this. So, um, so we basically take a, a fight. So we did the John Jones fight and right after the fight, we talk about it. So the, the benefit of it is we're not influenced by anyone else. So we're not we're not reading we're not hearing stuff like on the press conference that tweets and all the interviews and all this other stuff. We're just I'm giving like just basically my honest assessment of what happened and why it happened, uh, and just kind of what what I was impressed by, what I was surprised by, all that kind of stuff. Just you know, almost like if if you were sitting on the couch with me beside you know watching the fight and just kind of talking about you know what happened, what was going on, and just kind of getting commentary that completely uh, uninfluenced by anyone else. So we do it like right after right after the show. So like a lot of times like we'll record it, you know, it'll be like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning. And I'll do it or sometimes we'll do it like a little bit later in the day on Sunday, but like complete internet blackout. Like don't get influenced by anyone. So it's it's kinda cool. It's a little bit different concept. Uh we we've done I think five shows. So I think we've recorded six, but I've only we won't put out five. And uh we we try to put it up like, you know, it's like the day of the fight or the day after the fight or two days after the fight. Like I said, the John Jones and I just, I've been so busy with, with training camp and, and Joey's birthday and everything else. It's been a little tough getting out this week, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, I, I think it's a, I think it's a cool concept. For sure. That's awesome. I hope we get to hear one, uh, after your fight. So that was definitely one we were talking about. We were talking about, you know, maybe doing one like, you know, uh, I mean, I think, I think Jack will have to do like the technical side of recording it or whatever, but you know, like the night of the fight, just, you know, let it go. And it, it probably won't be edited as well. It'll probably be, uh, you know, just kind of mostly audio and, and that'd be about it. But, uh, you know, just, you know, talking about, you know, just like my, my personal opinion on, you know, exactly what happened, you know, and, and again, without, you know, really probably without even going back and watching it a, uh, a second time, because a lot of times we'll watch the fight again, like we get back to the hotel room. Um, so just, you know, just do it, you know, before I'm influenced by anything, just, you know, like my raw thoughts about everything that happened. I think it's, I think it's a cool concept. So, uh, you know, I, we're definitely going to do it, you know, after my fight. He is Joe Lozon. He takes on Al Iaquinta at UFC 183 on January 31st. Joe, man, as always, it's been a pleasure. Uh, just let people know, uh, give any shout-out sponsors you want right now. I mean, it. you're not going to be able to shout-out sponsors for much longer, at least Fight Week sponsors. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the big the big things to check out are check out my Twitter. It's twitter.com slash Joe Lozon. Check out joelozon.com. Um, we, we're still hammering out, uh, hammering out the details on the sponsors. But uh, I know I'm definitely working with Optic Gaming again. Uh, you know, go green wall. And, uh, you know, so, you know, definitely tons of sponsors. But uh, the, the best thing to do is check out, you know, like my Twitter and my Facebook. And uh, anyone local to, to Massachusetts, uh, my gym is in Eastern Massachusetts. There's a LozonMMA.com. Uh, come train, come watch me get beat up, come watch me spar. All that kind of fun stuff. I'm teaching all kinds of awesomeness. Perfect, Joe. Thanks a lot. And, and good luck at the end of the month, man. Sounds good. Thank you. Joe Lozon sounding calm and cool. I say that every time about these guests because I seem to get them when they're extremely calm and collected. Uh, That's awesome that Joe's son, Joey, is doing much better this year. Last year was quite a rough year for him and uh, the rest of his family, but it's great to hear that he's doing well. Super excited to watch this fight against Ally Aquinta. Definitely has fight of the night written all over it. Um... Without further ado, let me get right in to Justin Pirro's unpopular opinions, and after that, I'll round out 
the rest of the show. Hello, everybody. It's me, Justin Pirro, here for more unpopular opinions on Suck Radio at MMASucka.com. And I am joined by Bleacher, Report, sorry, by Bleacher Report's own, one of the OGs of MMA writing and journalism, Mr. Dwayne Finley. How are you, Dwayne? Hey, what's up, brother? Uh, how's, uh, how's life in the Great White North? Uh, not so white here on the West Coast, but uh, such is life. So were you ever able to get your car back from Arizona? Oh, no, it's still there, buddy. But uh, but uh, but we but I got a game plan. That's the thing about old Finley. There's always a plan in place. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully everything will work out, and uh, I'll, get my, I'll get it back. And then uh, tomorrow, uh, or I mean next week, I'll be on my way home. Excellent. I'm sure your family's missing you. Uh, but uh, one person whose family isn't missing him is John Jones, who uh, spent a grand total of a day in rehab. And I know you had something to say about it on Twitter yesterday, but I'm just wondering if you'd like to go in depth on that again. Oh, yeah. And nice segue, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I just I don't know, man. You know, uh, um, it, there's lots of different angles to this, but. The, you know, the two biggest being that, you know, if this was just simply a PR move, um, uh, then, then they did it. They did, they absolutely did it wrong. Because by doing this, by spending one day in a rehabilitation uh, facility, supposedly, I mean, there's no proof anyway, but um, we won't get into that. But I'm just saying, if, if you're going to say that you checked in and you beat whatever you were fighting in one day, then you totally disenfranchise and, and actually provoke a, you know, a, a wide community of, of recovering addicts. I mean, um, as I talked about on Twitter yesterday, I have some experience with the matter. Um, you know, won't get into specifics about, you know, whatnot, but, you know, or, or when, you know, it was a while ago, but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I went through the process. I mean, I went in, you know, it's at least, um, you know, a five to seven day inpatient. I mean, it's all depending on, you know, the, the, the clinician decision, you know, of how well you're doing or where you're at. But we're talking about a lengthy process, man. We're talking about five to seven days, if not more, in the hospital being treated. Uh, you go into, you go into this intense outpatient, uh, program that's at least 15 to 20 days. And then at, and once you complete that, then you're encouraged to do a 90 meetings and 90 days run. This keeps you, and all of this is done, uh, Justin, the two important things are, is done to, uh, to keep to make you accountable for the first time in a long time before whatever situation you you were doing got out of hand now all of a sudden you're accountable to multiple people you know and then all of a sudden but then also the counseling is done to strip down your ego and make you understand the reason you made those decisions if you're telling me or if that's what Jones's canvas trying to say that he got through all of this stuff in 24 hours then, then it's a mockery of what some people give their lives to try to do, and that's reach sobriety. So, yeah, I don't believe for a second. I mean, I don't believe for a second that, that this guy even stepped foot in a rehab, rehab facility. You know, that, that's just my opinion. You know, I could be wrong, but I've been through it, man, and I know that it takes a serious commitment to, uh, to, turn, your, to turn those things in your life around, you know. And, and here's the thing. I, I put it on Twitter and a bunch of people were like, well, you know, I know plenty of people that checked out in one day. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, it's possible. You can check in and check out. But if you do that, then you were never serious about getting better to begin with. And if that's the case and it was just a PR move, then own up to it because there's no way you go through the biggest, you know, the biggest PR setback of your life and 12 days later you're flying to Boston to see your brothers play football. Yeah, that's my opinion. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's not a good look for Jones. Uh, should the UFC keep him from coming back and fighting until after he's proven to have completed a rehab stint, or what would you do there? Well, no, well, see, here's the thing. You know, I went to the Nevada Commission meeting this week when uh, here in Las Vegas, and you know, there's just no jurisdiction over it because it was out of competition testing. So, uh, you know, there's nothing that the UFC can really. I mean, the UFC could do something. I mean, they could push, put Jones on their, you know, uh, like say it was a code of, code of conduct uh, violation, which, you know, I'm, I, I hope it is. You know, I haven't seen the bylaws for the UFC, but I hope, you know, cocaine usage out of competition is on there. So I just don't know. I mean, I think the, but, but I, I, I believe the UFC should, you know, because this, uh, this is an important moment. You know, you had a set of precedent. This stuff's not flying. But do I believe they will? I don't, man. I don't. I think their uh, their statement was, you know, we support John getting better and this and that. You know, you know, it wasn't about it wasn't about reprimand, uh, reprimanding him. So, uh, you know, if I was UFC, I'd be I'd be upset because you know I came out on the you know to, to back the guy and he's obviously taking this as a joke. So. um so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, if, if if it were you know myself calling the shots, absolutely, you need to make an example of them and show your other athletes this isn't going to fly. Uh, will that happen? I highly doubt it, brother. That's a shame because I know this just popped up on uh, MMA Mania. There is a quote with Wash, sorry, with Phil Davis telling the Washington Post, "I feel like it all needs to be explained to me, so I know when it's okay to do cocaine and get away with it. So I can do cocaine right now. Cool. Now when does that period stop? Twelve hours? Why didn't you tell me this halfway through the night before a fight? I need to stop. I mean, that's already what the sentiment that's coming out amongst other light heavyweights. Can you imagine what the rest of the fighters are talking about behind closed doors? Oh, absolutely. And I and I've had those conversations with with several fighters behind closed doors, and everybody's just kind of set back by it. I mean, you know, uh, the whole thing is, you, you. I mean, not just what like Phil Davis is saying, but look at the guys who came before him, like you know, who who were pushed out, you know, suspended for a year because of marijuana. You know, I mean, like, so, you know, that was kind of the thing on Twitter. It's like, oh, you can't smoke, but you can do cocaine, which, you know, marijuana is legal in, in several, you know, st- uh, states down here in the U.S. So um, Washington and Colorado. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then, but but they have medical licenses in, like, four or five other states. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can you can use medical marijuana, and, and you know, and, and it's something that's going to spread out, you know, like, I think... In our in my lifetime, it, it, you know, probably the majority of the U.S. of so it'll have some sort of, you know, legalization law. But um, but that's the thing is that you the UFC just hasn't, uh, you know, handled this right. Like you have to control, you know, not not control the message, but you have to you have a stance and you have to have a, a sturdy one. You know what I mean? Like so you so you send the right message to your current athletes and you send the right message to future athletes that are aspiring to fight in your promotion. You have to lay the law down. That's just the way it has to be. Um, it looks like Jones is going to be a special case here. And I think that's the problem. I think the dude's been a special case uh, for the last five years. I mean, and I think that's, that's why I said, Justin, earlier about the whole ego stripping process with counseling. Like, I, I think it would have been huge for him. But uh, I think it would have been just exactly what he needed. But that help isn't coming. And, um yeah, you know, it's the old saying goes in the kind of the recovery process is that you can't help somebody that doesn't want to be helped. And it doesn't seem like he uh, he doesn't want that help right now, and that's unfortunate. 
Yeah, well, let's hope he doesn't end up like Amy Winehouse. Well, I'll tell you, I, here's what I think. It, I mean, this is just me speaking personally. I don't know anything about what the guy does. I just think, like, from my familiarity with the, the things involved, you know, there was a big concern, like, oh, man, you know, his heart's going to explode, and, you know, he's doing this and he's doing that. I would, I'd be willing to bet you Savage's college tuition – John Jones isn't doing cocaine and then going out and fighting. He's not doing cocaine and, he's, and going out and wrestling for three hours of practice. That's just not how that drug is used. Is he going out on the weekends and maybe, you know, Rick James partying a little bit? Absolutely. That's what I think is going on. But here's the thing. I think if, if that's not necessarily the problem, let's say if cocaine's maybe not necessarily the problem in his life, maybe why he's taking it so lightly, I guarantee there are other things that kind of add up to uh, fall into, you know, th- that register as an addictive situation. I'm willing to bet, you know, and, uh, and and that's unfortunate that he didn't stick this thing out long enough because he would have found out what those things were. Because, you know, on the flip side, it's, I'm sure it's an addictive personality to, for success. There's probably, his, you know, a drive like few, few understand, and, that, and that's probably borderline addiction. To, to you know to win and and to and to be you know to be the best you know fighter in the world i'm sure all those things kind of borderline in the same mental space but uh you know that's the kind of there's there's always a, there's always a dark side to it too man yeah so moving on uh, were you able to attend that nevada state athletic commission meeting i was sir and it was uh i'll tell you what if um if ambien ever goes off the market they could uh, they could bottle uh, commission meetings and sell it for sleep medicine. It'd be awesome. <laughs> One of the big uh, criticisms leveled at them right now is their seeming lack of confidence. Do you think that's fair? Um, yeah, well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I think they were just like, you know, the Francisca Rivera and the jurisdiction thing. I think they were just actually, they just didn't want to deal with anything that day. After the out of, after the out of competition talk, I think they were just like, yeah, we'll do it another day. I mean, people people do have you know those days, and I think we were looking at one by the uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission. But I will say, you know, I think they're you know they got a lot of cri- cri- criticism for not making a decision and not jumping on this out of competition thing. But I actually kind of I actually applaud them because I think they're doing it the right way. I think they're willing to take it. Uh, the, the right angle. They didn't want to rush anything because if you rush to a decision, then you, you, you take, you take the threat of leaving loopholes, you know, for other things to fall through. If you take a calculated approach in the right angle and you make sure it's all shored up, then, you know, you're, then you're going to have a, a, a new standard set. And that's what they were aiming at. You know, uh, uh, Anthony Marnell, uh, Councilman Marnell was saying, you know, that in 2007, they took the WADA list. And they and they chose what parts of that list they wanted to adapt. All he was saying is that they need to reopen the, that. They need to take another look at that list and their policies and, and consider readjusting it. And you know that wasn't going to get done in an hour in an hour and a half long committee session. You know I don't care you know how mad people get. That's just not that just wasn't going to happen. But but I do have confidence that uh, I mean as much confidence as I could possibly have in them that uh, you know I think that they are going to take a, a straight approach to this. And I think Anthony Martinell is the is the guy to do it. I mean, the guy's you know he's no he's no joke. You know he's he's uh he's taking this seriously, and I think he's he's a great addition to that uh, that governing body. Awesome, thanks. And uh, finally, this is just me talking, but I am thrilled that Johnny Hendricks is taking on Matt Brown instead of Robbie Lawler again. I think that's 
really going to open up the welterweight title situation again, even if uh, the Canadian psycho Rory McDonald isn't getting his immediate title shot as promised. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I was glad that they pulled back from doing the Hendricks Lawler three so quickly. I mean, um, you'd be hard-pressed in the media to find a bigger advocate for Rory McDonald getting that title shot than me. Uh, he's earned it. You know, it's it's kind of it's been on his trajectory. This is that this is the spot where Rory McDonald is supposed to either you know rise or or, or break. You know, like this is the build-up that we've been kind of waiting for since he debuted in the UFC. You know, so um so I was excited about it. Um, I did I did think. Um, the the announcement was uh the announcement of Hendricks Brown was the the timing was a little curious yesterday I'll be honest with you um, I kind of got a chuckle out of it you know I mean because everybody was upset and you know talking about the you know the John Jones 24 hour situation and an interview with his mother and then oh hey look we got a fight for you <laughs> you know it seemed I don't know it seemed kind of strange to me but uh but yeah. Hendricks Brown, uh, Hendricks Brown, that's a fight I can definitely get into. I mean, I like the fact that the, you know, UFC was willing to kind of part ways with the idea of making a rushed, you know, patchwork main event for Broomfield. Um, you know, granted, I don't know if Thatch Wonderboy is that, you know, a primetime main event, but uh, I'm glad the UFC just bumped a, a fight on that card up uh, to instead of being like, okay, we're going to take two guys, you know, we're not going to have a Cormier, Patrick Cummings, you know. Yeah, and you know what? It may not be a primetime main event, but it's going to be prime violence with uh, Thatch and Wonderboy. Oh, you're going to tell me nothing I don't know, brother. That this was on my list of poss- you know, possible. Uh, you know, that's that's somebody's going. Somebody's taking the violent sleeps in, in, in that fight. But uh, yeah, I love it. But I don't just think. I just don't think it's a fight that anybody. Sorry about that. Anybody would. Uh, re- you know, anybody's going to recognize either of those two guys. You know, like casuals won't be like, oh. Hey, I've been wanting to see this Brandon Thatch guy for a while. You know, it's just diehards like you know everybody in the community. But yeah, I think it's a great fight. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Dwayne. Uh, where can the world find you on uh, social media? Well, first I'd like to apologize for this crazy uh, screaming baby behind me. That's one thing. Uh, yeah, but hey. you can find me at uh, at Dwayne Finley MMA. Um, that's Twitter. I have. Uh, I got some stories this week. I got a interview. I got a feature on Conor McGregor out. Uh, I got a one coming with Norman Park, um, and then uh, UFC.com. I got a feature on Seaver, and I got a feature on Cowboy Cerrone and his madness. So, um, so yeah, just follow me on Twitter, and then uh, say what's up. And uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the the combo, brother. All right, thanks for your time. As always, everyone, you can find me on Twitter at Stormland Brand. And now we're gonna throw this back to Jeremy to wrap up the show. There you have it. Uh, that was this edition of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. Thank you to my guests, Jeremy Lopez from Lopez Radio and 10 Minute First Round. Check him out on Twitter at Lopez Radio and uh, all that other good stuff. I'll have the links on this Sucker Radio page. So thank you to him. Thank you to Joe Lozon for joining me. That was a fantastic interview. Uh, Joe can talk. I'm extremely excited to see him up against Al Iaquinta at UFC 183, January 31st, uh, live in Las Vegas. That's going to be a fun fight. That's going to be a fun card. It's stacked from top to bottom. Thanks to Justin Pierrot. He had Dwayne Finley on from Bleacher Report. My goodness. Uh, that was a fun little unpopular opinions. Uh, 
nice on Justin for landing a guest on that. That's that's a first in unpopular opinion. So good on him for that. Make sure you follow MMA Sucker on Twitter at MMA Sucker. Follow myself on Twitter at Jeremy Brand six zero four. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash MMA Sucker. And with that, I'm out. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, suck a suck radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show where you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, suck a suck radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, suck a suck radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out.